chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back to the Helium Boys Podcast, a serious, non serious USC podcast. I know what you're thinking. If you follow the rules of this podcast, wait a minute, Chris. Shotgun is supposed to be hosting this week, but we are doing uh, another speed episode, and if brevity is what we're shooting for, Shotgun cannot be in charge. He simply cannot be in charge. <laughs> so I am. I, I stole the the podcast hosting duties from him this week. He owes me two, but he's he he's willing to do it for the good of the team. Shotgun. That didn't seems I run the, the didn't I run the other the quick take? Last uh, speed round, didn't I? Wasn't I hosting that one? I think. No, but you did everything in your power to not make it uh, hit our target time of thirty minutes. But that <laughs> might be right. That might be right. But I just thought, you know, I want to try a speed run. But we're doing a speed run today. A little bit more time, forty-five minutes, as opposed to thirty that we did last week. A lot of things were going on early in the week. Shotgun was in Vegas for basketball, so we couldn't record on our normal time. But a lot of things have happened, Shotgun. A lot of things yeah. have happened, and so we have a lot to fit into for this episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're, we'll talk a little bit of hoop, about hoops too, but you know, 45 minutes, most people are like, that's a normal time for a podcast. What are you guys talking about? But not for us, not, not when Chris is involved, you know, he's with the cilantro boys, the helium boys, Chris is making podcasts go super long. It's all Chris. He does it all. You know, he's the one that forces these to be super long, but I'm going to try to rein him in today. We're going to go 45 minutes. We've got a set deadline. Um, and then we got places to be so much to do. I'm so far behind on just my normal stuff right now. I haven't even fully watched, rewatched the game yet, Chris. So I won't have quite as much insight, but there's so much that's gone on. I feel like we still need to get this podcast in there to talk about, you know, first the elephant in the room. But before I start, I'll let the host get us into our first segment. Yes. Thank you for throwing it back to me. The elephant in the room or the elephant that's not in the room anymore. Shotgun. So you, you are first up. We are not cutting down our two-minute offense. You are still going with two minutes. It's not one minute. So, Shotgun, your time starts now. Yeah, it's a good thing we're not cutting down the offense because there was a lot of it on uh, on Saturday in that Washington-USC game. 94 points scored a week after uh, 99 points were scored total. And with that, USC's defense giving up 101 points in back-to-back games. They had given up six games straight of 34 points or more. First time in school history. I don't know if you know this, Chris, since you didn't go to USC, but USC has been playing football for a long time, 134 years. First time in the history that they had six straight games. Only the third time they've had six games in a season. The other two were the last two years with Todd Orlando in the what was the worst defense in USC school history as far as points per game. And this year's team is on track to beat that by like three points. So unless there's some drastic um, point total changes the last couple of games, this team is going to set a record for that. So Lincoln Riley decides to make the move to fire Alex Grinch. Um, and you, you knew this was coming after the season. 
at, at minimum. And for him to make the decision now, you know, he was asked about it this week. Why, why did you decide now? I think it was just, it was too much. The black cloud was hovering over. They knew that, that it was going to happen. And after giving up, you know, not being able to get any stops, basically uh, a handful, one or two, three uh, in the Saturday against Washington, it was like, all right, it's time to make a move. And so Alex Grinch has been fired. USC is elevating Sean Nua and Brian Odom to co-defensive coordinators. We'll see what effect that has going forward. But that's the big news, obviously. It's, it's something that fans have been clamoring for at least since last year. I thought it was you know, still a pertinent move to bring him back. I thought it made sense with the way Lincoln Riley uh, described it. But the defense did not get better this season, and that's the big thing. And that's why USC will go into a matchup with Oregon without their D.C. Oh, shotgun. I thought you were going to add a little bit, like 10 seconds there, but you cut it down. You made 202. So I think that's a good, a good spot for you. I'll, I'll let you slide. I'll let you slide a all little right. bit. All right. I mean, two extra seconds. Uh, the defense could use it. I mean, they need all the time they oh, can get. Damn. All right, Chris, what about you? You got two minutes. You're going to talk about defense. You're going to talk about the game. You got a lot of options. Here we go. Starting now. I'm actually surprised you did not lead with Alex Grinch. And I'm going to lead with Alex Grinch because obviously it's the biggest new story of the week and maybe not college football, but it is a big development for Lincoln Riley. He made the decision, the very tough decision to fire Alex Grinch, his friend, a close friend. You know, we talked about how hard it was and I'll talk a little bit about that in stock ups, but obviously this is a monumental decision. Lincoln Riley is now set up to make the most important hire he's going to make at, at USC, the defensive coordinator next year, you're going to the big 10 it was very clear midway through the season that this was not the defense of the future for USC. And in the Big Ten, they were going to get clobbered by teams running all over them. And Washington, Dylan Johnson, ran all over this defense. It was it was incredible how bad they were at stopping him. He had 199 yards before he was touched. He Before he was touched, his career long or his career high going to this game was only about 100 yards. If you listen to his press conference, he seemed stunned that the the day that he had. But we all knew shotgun. <laughs> if you if we all knew, like you coming in here, you're like you could have a monster day. That's been the problem with this defense is that whatever a offense is not good at becomes their strength when they play this defense. And it was just baffling to see, you know, that happen time and time again. It just it was like clockwork that that something was going to go bad or you know a bad running team was going to have a an amazing. Uh, run day against USC's defense or a team that's struggling to pass the ball was going to have an incredible day through the year. It just kept back and forth seesawing. And yeah, Riley had no choice but to make the decision. I know a lot of people will point to, he should have made this decision after Tulane, but I agree with you that, you know, get players in there, different players, better players to see what the scheme could actually do. But no, we we said it was going to come down to the personnel or the coaching. It was obviously the coaching. Lincoln Riley is moving on. USC is moving on. Great defense. Is it coming to USC? Oh, one second over. Okay. Oh, yes. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, everyone, give me one second. I'll take your one second. All right. So okay. Okay. we're good. But yeah, I, I think, that, you know, just to, to continue on that, like the in hindsight, yeah, you're like, yeah, they should have fired him after Tulane, you know, for sure. But at the time, and a lot of people, a lot of fans are upset that we agreed with the decision to keep it. Um, because you know, fans can be upset and call for everyone to be fired, but then you have to install a brand new defense. And as you're trying to build that culture, you're trying to continue the culture from you know year one. And in in my opinion, I thought, okay, 
second year in a defense, guys, should you should see progression there. Plus, just what you talked about, where we thought as they add more players and they got some guys that we thought were going to be impact players through the transfer portal, some of those guys haven't panned out, and that's been a big upset as well. And whether that's the defense uh, of scheme or the where that that was just poor um, evaluation on some of those guys, some of those transfers they brought in that we thought would be impact players beside Barry Alexander, you know, getting to the pass rusher, those type of things. Uh, You know, that's been a big disappointment for this defense, as has the overall production of it. And you just haven't seen that progression. I thought in the second half of the season this year, you would see some progression too. And that has not been the case at all either. So, yeah, because of the lack of progression, I think that's was the biggest reason why this move needed to be made. And I, I, I kind of had made my opinion, um, you know, after the Utah game. Uh, you know, I thought the steps along the way, they're not playing greater than the season, but do you see that gradual increase as the season goes along? And you never saw it. And the Utah game was just like the 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 straw that broke the back for me personally of being like I did yes a, a move has to be made because they're not making plays they're not tackling well enough they're letting Bryson Barnes of all people you know go off on them and that's been a consistent theme so when you see all those things you know it felt like this de- decision was inevitable and USC finally makes it so we'll see does that create a spark does that create anything or is going to be same old, same old, the last two games, and then USC will go into the bowl game with a completely different look. Shotgun, I don't know what you just did there. You added more time to the two-minute drill. Oh, no, no, no. That was uh, different. That was different, Chris. Yeah, you you, you were like the, the ref. You and Lincoln Riley and the refs at <laughs> halftime at Cal talking like, no, that's not what this is, Shotgun. We're just going to go right into stocks. <laughs> You're trying to sabotage this. Shotgun, you have to throw us into stock ups. What do you got? Say them all, and we'll talk about them. Um, so I'm just jotting some things down real quick. You didn't have a a chance to to do too much on this, but since we're talking the defense, let's start there. We're going to play great defense here. That was a Lincoln Riley quote. I think that one definitely stood out and, you know, we'll see if that ends up being true. Taylor may stock up as he's elevated to being a coach, um, on the defense side, still Traquan Fagans. I thought he came in and played pretty well in that game. You know, Jalen Smith seemed probably had a concussion. I don't think we've had an update necessarily on that, but he's on the sidelines with sunglasses. So I would say that's the most likely case. Darwin Barlow, he finally made an appearance and gets an appearance and look what he does with it. Mario Williams, I thought was his best game in a while, you know, making some catches, making some moves after the, the play. And then let's go to the basketball side. Number one recruits, Juju Watkins, Isaiah Carter. Oh my goodness. This te- these teams are going to be so much fun to watch this year. Got to get out to Galen Center. Um, and then Arrington Page, another freshman, had a really nice uh, performance coming off the bench as well. So a couple basketball in there for you. That's my sock ups, Chris. What do you got? You didn't think the world's greatest USC basketball beat writer was not going to mention <laughs> basketball. You're out of your gourd because that's what Shotgun does. Thank you, Shotgun, for throwing in some basketball love. For my stock-ups, I also had safety coach Taylor Mace because that just has a nice ring to it, Shotgun. Safety coach sure. Taylor Mace just has a really nice ring to it. I have stock-up on making the tough call. Shotgun, I mean, I can't imagine. I did not envy Lincoln Riley being in that position to have to fire Alice Grinch, who is a – good friend of his a guy who he has coached with before and you know even mentioned in his press conference like yeah our kids are friends you know how tough that has to be shotgun i can't imagine you having to fire me you have to make that tough call you know i I would respect the hell out of you if you had to fire me but i hope i'm never in a position where you have to fire me from this podcast i have stock up on taj washington three straight games with 100 yards taj washington the clear number one 
on this team just playing and playing. You know, he's playing him. He's played himself into getting drafted. I feel like he's going to play on Sunday. So shout out to Taj Washington. I also had stock up on Darwin Barlow comes in for two carries and it's a touchdown. So that huge 43 yard run, he was upset. He just came short of the end zone. He was right in front of me. And then they gave him the, the next carry and it was easily just as easy as walking in. He was untouched going to that. So Darwin Barlow, we've always known is a really good player. Hasn't gotten the opportunity at USC, but yeah, those uh, those ham hocks were hamming down the sideline on that 43-yard run. I have stock up on trick plays, that flea flicker, a thing of beauty, yeah. truly a thing of beauty. Like, you're just kissing the fingers like an Italian chef. Like, yes, perfection. I have stock up on Lake McCree, had a couple of nice catches. Do you know Lake McCree actually has more receiving yards than Zachariah Branch and Dorian Singer? That is a wild fact. Whoa. They were actually all tied going into this game, and Lake McCree came out on top. So shout out to Lake McCree, the fourth leading receiver on this team. That is a wild thing that we would not, we did not think we would be saying at the start of this uh, season. And then I've stock up on theft because the, someone stole my uh, phone charger after the game uh, from the media room. Uh, your mother is still a hoe. So yeah, that's all I got. Uh, real quick on Darwin Barlow. I had a, I, I think I've said this on a previous podcast or something that I, I usually write down my questions that I would like to ask Lincoln Riley. And usually there's five, six, seven a week that I have just, you know, as I'm watching the, the game. And some of them are very schematic based. Some of them are very broad based. Um, and one of the ones I, I was just looking back, one of the ones from September, I think like the third game of the season was like Darwin Barlow seems to make plays every time we see him get opportunities. Is there anything he can do to get on the field more? And when he got in the game, I was trying to tweet, uh-oh, uh, or just tweet a Darwin Barlow sighting. I bet he does something good. And before I could even get my tweet out, he did something good. Because that's what he does. Every single time, I don't understand what he doesn't do well enough to not ever get an opportunity. Um, I, you know, he he that big smile he has, too, you want to see him out there. because And the love that he got after scoring that touchdown was awesome to see because you know all his teammates know how difficult it is to sit on a bench and not have your opportunity, and he goes in there and makes the most of it. So big stock up for, for Darwin Barlow. He was my number one on my, my list there. Um, but, Chris, I guess we're flipping over to stock down? Yeah, stock down. I don't have a ton, as usual, but, you know, so much going on. But, Shotgun, I'm sure you have – some to share. Uh, I got you know about the same amount as the stock up. We'll see. Uh, you know, a lot of them very similar. Uh, you know, to the theme here of this this episode. Alex Grinch obviously stock down. You know, his is you know overall three four years ago his stock was sky high. You know, he came to Oklahoma. They had two really good seasons there. After he came over, after being at uh, Ohio State, after having success at Washington State. But the last, what, four years now, his stock has just been declining. Um, and, you know, we'll see if he rebounds, where he can go to to be able to pick that. Remember last year, there were even at times there were people throwing out his name for head coaching positions. So he's going to mm-hmm. have to repair his, you know, maybe he can go hang out with Nick Saban, the ultimate uh, repair man when it comes to, to coaching resumes and whatnot. So Alex Grinch stocked down and, you know, hope for him the best. You know, as a person, you, you hope for, for guys to have the best. I know fans don't see it the same way, but we do. Um, pass rush, the pass rush has been non-existent. Now the game plan in this game was to drop a lot of guys in the coverage, but still there are people rushing the passer and they did not get there almost ever. I mean, you had Eric Gentry with one sack. You had the big pressure on the third and 18 where Michael Penix throws a touchdown, but you miss a sack there. The pass rush has been non-existent recently. And that's a big reason why you're seeing all these huge point totals. Cause USC is not getting those negative plays in the same way. Post game presser situation. 
bringing in, what was it, seven or eight players with three microphones. The TV guys are steaming mad in the back. You know, Caleb Williams is trying to sit down behind everyone. They make him stand up. You know, he's, he's got to lean over. It, it was it was just awkward. It, it needs to be done, done better. Uh, two plays away from being unbeaten in the Pac-12. I understand the thought process maybe of Lincoln Riley saying that. And, yes, you are one play away from beating Utah. But every game, it's like, oh, there's one play here, one play there. The Washington game, if they don't call back the touchdown, Taj Washington scores, USC does go ahead. However, they're going to give up a touchdown back. It's not like that Washington was getting stopped. So I can't say I can't agree with that sentiment that you're two plays away. Lincoln Riley also saying, I know what it looks like when asked what he's going to be looking for or, you know, for a good defense. You know, he, he says, I know what a good defense looks like. That we'll see. We'll see. Cause he hasn't necessarily, that hasn't been the case recently for USC and Caleb Williams Heisman campaign. And now you would say, okay, that's already been on the decline, but if he would have beat Washington with the numbers he put up, I think he jumps right back in the mix potentially there. So, uh, you know, I think it's pretty much at best he can be a finalist now. And that still seems like a long shot, even though his numbers are ridiculous. So if you look at his numbers, he's still leading the nation and touchdown passes, touchdown accounted for all those type things. But you go, ah, he's not anywhere close to where he was last year. I think his numbers are probably better. And the last one, watching film. And we have a couple questions about this as well. But, uh, you know, we've had a couple of defenders say that, oh, I'm not watching that. You know, I'm just, you know, just put they're brushing aside watching the film from the previous game because it was so bad. But uh, so definitely stock down on that when usually you want to watch more film than less film. I also have stocked down on watching film. It's becoming a little bit of a Twitter uh, discussion right now on social media. So that is a big uh, topic of the day, watching film. I believe Kalen Bullock said that he didn't watch the Utah game after that game. So there's multiple instances of players, you know, mentioning that they're not watching these games. In this case, it was Mason Cobb saying he didn't watch the game from uh, the game film from Washington. I have stocked down on breaking down the huddle. You've probably seen that clip of Alex Grinch trying to break down the huddle on the field. Uh, Shotgun is very confused. You haven't seen the clip? I've not, not seen that yet. He, It's the TV Fox camera. You know, I think it's the, the, for the for the final drive or whatever, but Alex Grinch is coaching them up, and then he puts his hand up to break the huddle, and then literally no one comes to break down the huddle with him, and it's just so sad and probably marked when we should all know, oh, he's probably going to get fired tomorrow. So, yeah, it was just a brutal uh, clip they got. And probably the not probably it is the the final image of his tenure here is just him desperately trying to break down the huddle. And no one is doing that with him. Uh, I have stocked down on needing Marshawn Lloyd. Look, Marshawn Lloyd is still an elite player and they're better with him. But this is a back this is a stock down way of being stock up for Austin Jones because he was eaten on uh, on a Saturday night. Uh, I, I tweeted this out, but. Austin Jones filling in for an injured starting running back is elite. He runs (laughs) just on a different level when he's running uh, as as a backup turn starter. So Austin Jones was eaten. Uh, I also had stocked down on the pass rush. I believe they have three sacks in their last four games. That is uh, just doo-doo, doo-doo. I also had stocked down on group interviews. I would rather have them not given us players. That was just so disjointed and awkward. One of the top five most awkward, like, interview post-game things I've ever been a part of. It was it was so bad. It was so bad. So those are my stock downs shotgun. Personally, I hate all group interviews, except yes. for the Branch Brothers 
interview that we did on Sunday for Tunnel Vision plug. through House of Victory. That was fantastic. I don't know if you guys got a chance to check it out, but please do. It was so much fun for me to be able to you know interview those two guys because it was great. They actually feed off of each other. Usually in group interviews, there's some awkwardness and stuff. But with the brothers, it was fantastic. And they get a ton of insight on different things from the flea flicker to Zion Branch's injury. Um, you know, a lot of things in there. And then we got to chat with their their parents afterwards too, which was really fun. Uh, so great family. There was it was like I said, uh, a really fun interview, and uh, I thought there was some good insights that came out of it into some different things. And you know, Zion talked about Taylor Mays as a, as a safeties coach. Uh, Alex Grinch is firing all these type things. So a ton of in, insightful information in there, I think as well for USC fans. So make sure you guys are checking that one out. Shotgun, I sent you the clip of the failed breakdown huddle. So just so you have a reference for what I'm talking about, I'm not making up. So I sent it to you on a, a X Twitter, whatever. So you can check that out during the break maybe, but we are moving on shotgun. Cause that is it with stock up, stock down. We are here for week 11 Number six, Oregon shotgun. It could get really spooky up there in Autzen. It's my first time in Autzen. It's your first time in Autzen. So we're very excited to be in that environment. We expect it to be rocking for a 7.30 kickoff. USC got booted to the late night. Maybe some late night Pac-12 action. I don't know. USC is obviously uh, going with two co-defensive coordinators and Sean Nua and Brian Odom. Will that make a difference? I don't know. But Oregon, a great balance, a really good offense, and a great defense, so they are lethal on both sides of the ball, so USC is going to have a tall task ahead of them. They come in here as, you know, a true underdog scenario. I think it's uh, 13.5 points, 17.5 points. I don't know what the exact spread is, but it's double-digit points, so USC is going to be a true road dog in this game. Late development for Oregon, no bucking Irving, their star running back. Shotgun, I say who cares? It doesn't matter. You know, USC's uh, run defense is terrible, can it improve that much to shut down uh, one of the best rushing teams in the nation? I don't think so. They have a really good backup uh, over there at Oregon. So I don't think it matters that much. You know, Bucky Irving, great player. It, it I would feel like it's similar to the Marshawn Lloyd, Austin Jones. There's someone who's going to eat right behind them. And the, the kind of the big thing for me, as you and I will be on the field, hostile, hostile, hostile. This is going to be a hostile mm-hmm. environment. We have heard stories about this Autzen, Oregon crowd and how rowdy it gets, how hostile it gets. It's not going to be a friendly atmosphere. It's going to be Oregon State 2-11 and 11 because Oregon State was super hostile and they only had you know half their stadium filled because of the renovation. So I'm expecting um, to see some crazy things, hear some crazy things on the sideline for my ghost nuts. So that's all I got on Oregon Shotgun if you want to add anything. Yeah, when we uh, heard that Bucky Irvin didn't practice for Oregon, I sent a text to the group text. I said, it's okay. The Beaver mascot from Bucky's could probably run for 150 against USC's defense. So, you know, if you if you can have a Beaver mascot that looks like you might be a little bit mentally challenged as a gas station worker, you know, then I, I don't think the backup will have too much issue. But we'll see. We'll see how different it is. Now, we're basing everything off of what we've seen from the defense in the past. Maybe there's some big changes. Schematically, I mean, some of those runs that Washington had, the fifty, the fifty-three yard run, Dylan Johnson had, he didn't get touched until yard fifty. So, like, I don't. They were just such. It was such bad alignment, and it was such a gaping hole. No one got over there. So we'll see if those type things get like, you know, if you can play just straight up, and you know, one that's going to confuse Oregon because it's not going to be something they've seen on tape, 
and you just play as base of a defense as possible and just try to let your athletes go make plays, it, it could be interesting to see. A lot of I would try to press Oregon as much as possible. Uh, Troy Franklin has been one of the best receivers in the conference, so maybe uh, you shade a little bit to his side. But all the throws that Bo Nix makes are like a half a yard. Like his yards per attempt, his air yards per attempt is one of the lowest in the nation. So they get all their yards after the catch. So can you come up and make tackles? And can you avoid the misdirection? The misdirection they run their offense, I think, is going to give USC so much trouble because any misdirection has given USC trouble this season. So that's the big concerns for me for the defense. On the offensive side, you know, can USC keep up? That'll be the question. You know, against Oregon, they were, keep, I mean, against Washington, they were keeping up until one sack pushed them out. And, you know, one holding penalty, push it back, and then a sack two plays later. And that was the difference in the game. At that point, I, w- I was rewatching the fourth quarter. Um, and at that point, I think after Washington kicks a field goal, I think it was they had gone up 35 or 45 42, and both teams had exactly 484 yards. So USC can play with a top five team. They've shown that. Can they get over that hump? Is there a, that spark that, you know, that I think it was Sean Nua said over and over, he used the word spark yesterday. Can you get that spark? You know, one big defensive play. How much can that sway a game like that? You know, USC will probably need a couple. Um, but if they do, who knows? Who knows? Who says that they can't go in there? They have talent. It's not like they don't have talent. So that should make them a scary team to face if I'm Oregon. And I just, this is not the matchup you want if you're Oregon as a 15-point favorite. Mm-mm. Give me, give me feisty Oregon State. I don't want USC and how much potential they have, but they just don't play very well. They're, they don't make as many plays as they want because if it all comes together, they're in trouble. To quote Gene Hackman in one of this podcast's favorite movies, The Replacements, there is no tomorrow for you, and that makes you all very dangerous people. Sure. There is still technically sort of a tomorrow for USC, but I think the point still holds. They are very dangerous people right now with a Heisman winning quarterback and maybe a defense that is rejuvenated to maybe not shut them down, but make enough plays where that offense can maybe get the lead and maybe walk out of the Otson with the win. But again, a, a great quote from Gene Hackman. There is no tomorrow for you. And that makes you all very dangerous people. Shotgun, is that a good place to take our break? Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll be right back and we'll get some uh, questions and then a little take it or leave it for shoddy. And then we can, we're on track right now, but let's get to the break shotgun. And then when we come back, we'll, we'll knock out the rest of this podcast. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast. Most items can ship overnight. Plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, and we are back. Shotgun, how was your break? Fantabulous. I get to watch the clip of the Alex uh, Grinch you know, being shunned, I guess, in the, the huddle. I don't think that one was as embarrassing or heartbreaking of an image as him after the last touchdown by Washington, just with his Shover. head down, you know, in, and I was over there near him trying to get some photos and there were people in the way, so I didn't get a great shot of it. But just 
the dismay, like just heartbroken. It felt like Alex Grinch was because he's tried. He's tried a bunch of things, guys. He he wants that defense to be good. It's not like he was sabotaging the defense, and it would just seem like he was heartbroken. Like that's it. This is the end. Especially with how much time that last drive that Washington had. It was like five some five and a half minutes. USC gets the ball back like two twenty down ten. You're not going to be able to, you know, they need an onside kick basically. So the defense isn't going to get back on the field to make an impact. So your bed has been made if you are Alex Grinch at that point. So I think he, it all was like, I, I feel like it, the whole weight of it all kind of sunk in at that moment to him. And that was just kind of a heartbreaking image. That and the Caleb Williams afterwards. Uh, stock up on Real Man Can Cry, guys. And quit making fun of people and on your social media account because someone's crying because they're upset because they care so much. Get out of here with that mess. Cry all the time. I've cried three times this morning. So yeah, uh, real man can cry. It's okay. Also, I mean, late. I, I don't up. cry, but I'm also not a real man. So whatever. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I have a late stock up on Shotgun's conviction. Uh, a little girl asked him his real name, and without missing a beat, he said Shotgun. And then he went into uh, lecturing them about how stock neutral does not exist. Stock up on Shotgun's conviction to who he is, who he is. Shotgun, we have some questions that we're going to get through. Uh, you got up a late uh, late tweet about asking questions. And yet you're still kind of adding one. So we're going to start with our email question. Uh, this one comes from John from Brea. Hey, Chris and Shotgun, I need your football formation scheme knowledge. Arizona and Arizona State gave USC a pretty good blueprint of stopping Washington's offense, stop the run, blitz Penix up the middle, and force him out of the pocket. Did Grinch and Riley just decide to try something different? Or were they trying the same approach and failing? He also has stock up Darren Barlow, stock down everything related to the defense, stock neutral, caring about the next two games. So we got a stock neutral in this show, Shotgun. So he wants to know, did Grinch and Riley not follow that blueprint that they saw on film or were they just doing something different and failing? I believe it was uh, Dylan Johnson who said they were surprised they weren't pressuring them as much. I believe that was what he said. I I mean, I, maybe they're just trying to throw something different. Yeah, it was different. It was definitely a different game plan than Arizona, Arizona state. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think that I didn't watch a ton of those two games. I watched a little bit. I, I know Arizona definitely dropped a bunch of guys in the coverage because that was something that was a talking point over and over and over in the broadcast when they played USC the next week. So it's not like that wasn't something that Arizona did as well. You know, they had their, what I think they call it the dollar package where they had, you know, seven DBs, I think, on the field. So that was something USC did. So that was something they took away. What you do is you take away bits and pieces of different game plans of what matches your personnel the best. Now, the problem was USC didn't create any pressure with their front three. You know, when Arizona gave USC trouble, especially early in that game, they were able to get trouble. I mean, they were able to get pressure with three guys. And that was the reason why Michael Tarquin got bitched in that game is because, you know, they were getting beat off the edge there. So that's something – uh, that if you if your front can't get pressure, then the rest of your scheme is not going to work the same as a team that does get pressure. So that's the big difference there. Um, you know, looking at it, I think that the part of the issue for USC is when you try. One of the things is when you try to throw in a new defense or a new scheme, you're not used to playing it. 
and you're used to pressuring all the time. Suddenly you're on your heels. You don't play as well, even though the defense has been terrible. So that was kind of the case. Remember when the conversation, oh, everyone's going to drop eight against Graham Harrell's offense now that BYU has shown that you can do that against Keaton Slovis. And, you know, the coaching staff kind of looked and said, Graham Harrell said, well, they can try, but if that's not something they do all the time, they're probably not going to be as successful against it. And you saw that some. You see that when teams try to like, okay, this worked really well for someone else. We don't ever do that, but we're going to try to do it against them. And and oftentimes there's some gaps and stuff there. And you saw that with USC's zone coverages. There's a ton of gaps everywhere. Going back to the uh, topic of watching film, I think it's time to get those questions lumped in together. De La Cruz asks, do you have an issue with Mason Cobb saying he didn't watch film? The second time, at least, that def- it's the second time a defender has said they didn't watch film after a poor performance. Do I have an issue with it? I mean, again, I'm not a coach. I think you do have to watch some film. I know it's probably painful to go back and watch the film. You know, maybe at the end of the season, like a bowl game, you don't need to watch the film. But, you know, this is a game where they obviously played horribly and maybe it's so bad it doesn't matter but I still think you have to go back and watch some of the film and see what's on tape what what are you doing wrong obviously they've been doing a bunch of stuff wrong and watching tape in some instances and nothing got changed so I I don't know maybe I, I'm I'm saying I understand why you didn't watch the, the film and I'm not saying I have an issue with it but I think you do need to watch the film as hard as it may be yeah, I mean, if you're a really good defense and you just get blasted in a game, like the other team, whether you're playing Michigan and they got all your signs or you're playing a team that just, you know, the scheme is just what you weren't expecting and you guys don't have good calls and they just blast you. Then, yeah, maybe you can just dump it and be like, all right, we're not watching that. We just did not play well, but we're a really good defense. We're going to get back to our basics. We're going to focus on the positive. But this is the same thing over and over. It's not like – and the the issue I have is not with one player saying, yeah, I just scrapped it moved on. But we've had multiple players say it. And also I've chatted with some, some people on the staff, and they're like, we need guys to be more invested in film. And so – because film watching – and I had a great conversation actually with Zachariah Branch you know, after our show um, that about how much film he watches and how much – you know, you know how much he needed to to learn to be able to be in the offense immediately. And you know, he he learned one position in the spring, and then he learned another position in the fall, and then putting those together. But he said, you know, I got to get in there. I got to watch a lot of film outside of you know the the staff because I got to watch. You know, and he said it, there was it's very it's the the technology is awesome. He said you know that uh, that inside receivers coach Luke Heward can write notes on each play. So when they're in practice, you know, okay, cut down your split right here, do all this thing. So he's going through, he's watching everything once to see himself. He's watching everything with the notes once. Now you don't want to over-process everything and watch things too much and be thinking about it. You want to be able to play and play fast, but he, you know, especially the practice film is really important to him when they're installing new things. Now the game film you know, what do you take away from it? You know, there's different things for different positions, but on defense, like you need to see, or right, why was this an issue? Where, where are we out of position? What can I do better? You know, those type of things. And, you know, how can you apply it to the next week? 
just saying you don't watch it at all. I mean, it's, it seems a little bit disheartening, you know, if you want to believe that the defense is going to get better. And again, when I couple that with having talked with people that say we need guys to watch a little bit more film and, and be more invested in that side of it. I can already tell that when you were listening to him talk about the technology for them watching film, you were so jealous. Oh yeah. No one watches more film than shotgun on our staff. So yeah, I could tell he was like seething to get his hands or, or anxious to get his hands on that kind of a, uh, Technology to watch. I also told him I was like, that's a little bit different than 20 years ago when I was uh, playing in high school. You know, being like, all right, we're gonna watch film today. 75 kids in a room, one projector, one uh, one white screen. You know, there's no cut ups, no anything like that. It was just one game tape, and you go through it with a laser pointer. That was it. So 20 years, things vastly changed. Now they're literally watching film from the last series that they just played coming out the field. Yeah, and it's it's at it's high school instant. games, not at yeah, college yeah. games. So and, and NFL games. And also this goes back to the thing with the sign ceiling. Like, why is college so far behind on technology? How, why can high schools have a TV screen set up and the offensive line coach going through everything? How can why can they do helmets, you know, microphones in the helmets at levels below and above college football, but college football can't? Like it, it's not tradition, Shaka. It's not tradition. Catch up with the times. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. More plays in, baby. More more action. More college football. Not less. Speaking of let's go, we have nine minutes until our deadline, so oh, okay. we have to kind of kind of move it. Uh, Jay Siggs asks, is it mandatory for players to watch game film? Mandatory for them to watch on their own? And obviously a meeting, yes, but to do it extra? No, it is not mandatory. Now, there, you know, you look at the Kyler Murray situation and other, you know, uh, Jamarcus Russell, I think, where, you know, they, you, you can track how much people watch it. And again, the technology um, and uh, the story from draft day, you know, we put a hundred dollar bill at the end of the, at the end of the thing or whatever, the playbook. end of the playbook and, you know, those type things, coaches have those ways of, of kind of seeing how much are you actually doing on your own versus, how much are you saying that you're doing outside of the building? Um, so there are ways to kind of track that, but it usually it's not a mandatory thing okay? because coaches are only allowed to prescribe a certain amount of time per week to the sport per NCAA rules. Uh, I love the hundred dollar dra- uh, bill in the playbook story because I love how Kevin Costa's character does not care who it is until the guy has to just shout it out to him. He like he doesn't give a shit, and then until it's like he has to yell it out to him at the end. I always thought that was funny. Uh, Justin Hickson asks, wanted to ask if you see the same thing I do with USC's defense. It seems like they almost always try to tackle high on the ball carrier, which tends to lead to so many missed tackles. Are they high tacklers? They at times they tackle high, at times they tackle. If you go back to Arizona State game, what was everybody saying? Why are the DBs always go low? And Scadabo jumped over multiple of them. So, you know, when you miss tackles, people are going to complain either way. You just got to get the guy on the ground, whether you go high or low. Uh, ideally, you want to get that front hip and drive through it, drive him backwards, and then that's in the middle, and it's the least likely place where you're going to miss. You always watch the belly button when you're defending someone in basketball. Same thing in, the, on, in uh, football. You're watching the hip and the, the, the core because that can't really go anywhere. 
Yeah, we have that same principle in martial arts. You can see where the strike is going to come from if you're watching their their core. So yeah, it telegraphs where they're going. Uh, Samuel asks, what were your overall thoughts on Zach Grinch's tenure at USC? And since it's Oregon week, DuckTales top three cartoon theme song, take it or leave it. I'm going to take that all day. DuckTales, an elite theme song. Uh, I, I sometimes find myself just humming that tune in my head so yeah i think go that for has it chris to be... go for it i'm not remembering no, off no, the top no, of my head so drop me some ducktails the no because every time i try to play a song on here it never works out for me i, I wanted you to just hum me. it now i'm on the spot now i don't want to do it <laughs> now i don't want to do it but uh, overall but... thoughts on zach grinch that is an inside joke for people that there was a a student reporter that asked lincoln Riley about zach grinch's tenure Zach Grinch's. Wait, was uh, it a student reporter or a TV reporter? It was a student reporter. It was a student reporter. It was the first time at, at practice I've ever seen him. And look, I'm not about like clowning on young journalists, but come on, man. Come on, man. It's like everyone's here to ask about Alex Grinch and you say Zach Grinch. Come on, man. Tight, tighten up. Tighten up. Plus, it's already been, his name's been said multiple times. And I got DuckTales playing over here. So you see me bobbing along. Oh, yeah. DuckTales is up there. That's a good one. Now you hum it. DuckTales. DuckTales. I think it's top three. Yeah. Um, I would have to do some research before I could confirm that affirmatively. But He uh, gives his Mount Rushmore rankings. Yes, okay. Yeah, that would, that would take a little bit of time because I haven't watched many cartoons recently. But, yeah, that, that's, that's a banger. Banger. They just turned that one into an EDM remix. I'm sure they have. Someone has. Oh, it's it definitely exists. And our last question comes from Noah Ramirez. Helium Boys question. Is it time to move on from these three three five type defenses at USC? Seems like most of the listed DC on Chris's hot board list do run a three three five or hybrid. I feel like I do have a bad taste in my mouth, but maybe getting someone who runs it better would help change my mind. Ideally, I like a three four. Three, four, four. The four linebacker spots are able to rush guys like the Port Augustine or athletic DB linebackers like Sue Cravens. And yes, my name is Noah Ramirez. Noah, our issue was not if that was your actual name. I think it's the pronunciation of your first name. Is it Noe? Is it Noah? You just wrote it down here. I still don't know. You got to give the phonetic spelling of your first name. That's that's what we're tr- having trouble with. Uh, so first off, Alex Grinch runs a four two five. You know, the majority now because that Russian is standing up, that doesn't make him at the linebacker level. He's at the line of scrimmage all the time. So that's the difference, whether they're standing or down in a stance, doesn't matter. So that's more of a four two five. The problem with running anything where you have a four three or you have, you know, three or four linebackers on the field is are you going to be able to play Washington with that? Like, look at all the receivers that are on the field at one time for Washington. So can you put four linebackers out there and have them cover guys? Yeah, sure, you can have someone like that's athletic like Sua Cravens and Deion Bailey, but then that then you run the risk of someone running straight at you. So it, it's that's the the balance you have to strike in between there. So, you know, someone like Eric Gentry can cover guys decently um, because of his length and everything. So you can use him in different ways, but it you know you're like a Shane Lee, a guy that you want four Shane Lees out on the field at one time. No, so you know it's just find the balance of being able to get pass rush, but also having guys that can cover. That's why um, the majority of defenses in the country you utilize a nickelback. 
previously, and you know, USC's base defense is there, you know, has a nickel back in there. Previously, you know, 10, 15, uh, for sure 20 years ago, almost everyone had three linebackers on the field and there was no nickel back. It was a four, three or three, four, and one one way or another, those were the two uh base defenses, you know, some mixtures there, five, two at times, the bear front, different things like that. But very rarely did you have more than four DBs, but now that's a common re- refrain for almost every snap, you know, 90% of the snaps at least, because there are so few teams that go with three tight ends versus three receivers, four receivers. You see much more, you know, uh, spread option and different things like that than, you know, tight knit uh, power formations and stuff. Can you say a uh, nickelback just one more time? Nickelback. Look at this photograph. Every no. time I do, it makes me laugh. The, my one of my baseball teammates had Nickelback as his walk-up song, and it was the song that starts. It's like the bottom of the ninth, and I'm never gonna win. It's like what, what, why? I think it's Rockstar or something. It's like, but why is that your walk-up? That's a terrible walk-up song. Like you don't, you're never gonna win. It's the bottom of the. Come on, dude. But whatever. Each his own. Lyric is, I'm through with standing in, lo- in line to clubs. I'll never get in. It's like the bottom of the ninth, and I'm never going to win. This life hasn't turned out quite the way I want it to be. Tell me what you want. Yeah. Okay. okay. Not a great walk-up song. I want a brand new house on an episode of Cribs. Let's go. <laughs> Shotgun, you're giving me the hurry-up sign? Yeah, How, dare you? I- How dare <laughs> you? How dare you? How dare you? Take it or leave it. Not enough Nickelback. Here we are. Take it or leave it. Shotgun, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, USC's defense looks marginally better this weekend. Take it. Take it. All right. He's taking it. Uh, Take it or leave it. The defense gives up less rushing yards to Oregon than it did to Washington. Mm. I'm going to take it because I think Oregon's going to be like, all right, we're going to go for the Bo Nix. You know, it's USC. People are going to be paying attention. We're going to try to get that Heisman moment for him. Point, good point. Take it or leave it. None of USC's defensive assistance will be retained. Leave it. Uh, Roy Manning is is uh, is one of his guys. Brian Odom's one of those guys. I would expect at least one of those two guys to, to be retained. Okay. Uh, take it or leave it. Alex Grinch will be coaching on a team next season. Mm, I'm going to leave it, say, a rehab year. Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, final one, take it or leave it. Lincoln Riley made the decision to fire Alex Wrench all on his own, as he stated. Uh, first, let me go back. Make sure I, I'm saying a rehab year is an image rehab year, not that there's sure, some... sure. coaching rehabilitation. Yeah, coaching rehabilitation. Just because there have been actual issues where rehab could have been that's necessary for previous head coaches at USC. Um, I yes, I think it was Lincoln Riley's decision to take that. Now, do other people say this has got to be done now versus at the end of the season? That uh, I can't say that, but I think Lincoln Riley knew. Like, come on, everyone knew. There we go. That is it. You were through. Take it or leave it. That means we're going into overtime. Shotgun. I have the top twenty catchiest cartoon theme songs. I'm not going to give you oh. all of them. I'm just going to give you ones that I think you will know because some of these I don't know, but some of these I do know. We are different ages, so I'm. I'm curious to see what theme songs resonate with you and what 
doesn't resonate with you. All right. I don't know what cartoons you grew up listening to. So I'm just going to read through a couple Listen. of these and give you their rankings. On I just listened 20. to the cartoons, though, Chris. Which cartoons I grew up listening to? Yes. He closes his eyes, sits in a room, and listens and processes. Uh, watching is what I meant, obviously. Number 16, the Jetsons theme song. I, I have a terrible memory of these. I think that one has a pretty good theme song. I didn't watch too much of it. I was more Flintstones, the Jetsons. I feel like you were one or the other. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily uh, both of them. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I was more of a Jetsons person just because I like uh, El, uh, the space dog. Is his name Elroy? I think it was Elroy. No, Elroy uh, is the boy. I, Okay, well, whatever the whatever the case, I think I liked the theme song better for the Jetsons. He's listening to it. George you gotta give Jetson? The George Jetson? Yeah. What do you think? Take it. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay I have uh, number 13, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, number one. <laughs> number Teenage one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles in a half shell. Turtle power. Turtle power. I mean... I, I grew up as, with that at Maryland turf. games, baby. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I mean, come that on. Makes sense. That come does on. make sense. I didn't that know that was a thing, Let's... but yeah, yeah that, was a, that was that was probably my number one cartoon growing up. I would guess it was in the top three at least. I had a bunch of like we... TMNT uh, figures and stuff. We just unlocked it for you, so that's like number one. You're like, I have to do more research. Number research. It's in. It's number one. I knew that one. Teenage Mutant yeah. Turners. Let's go. Okay, uh, number nine is our Ducktales theme. So number nine, not. On the top three of this list, but number nine in terms of catchiness, uh, number eight, Meet the Flintstones. Meet yeah. the Flintstones. Flintstone. I already said I was a Flintstones fan, so I'll take it. Number seven, Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. Don't know it. Sorry. Oh, you don't know it. Well, that is a disconnect for us. Shotgun wasn't a Pokemon guy growing up, I guess. <laughs> it wasn't a Pokemon. So he's leaving it. Uh, number six. This one's interesting. I don't think you're going to get it. But it's one from my childhood. The Ed, Ed and Eddie theme song. Never Cartoon Network. Ed and Eddie. No, think I've heard of it. No, I feel like I've, <laughs> okay. maybe I've heard of it. No. Okay. Number four, the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song. Hate it. Love the cartoon. Hate it. Hate okay. It. Are I, you ready, I, kids? I and I <laughs> mute it every time it comes on. Interesting. Yeah, bigly, okay. Not... Bigly there. I, I, I grew up watching a ton of SpongeBob too, but I will mute the theme song every single time. Okay, uh, number two, the Scooby Doo theme song. Uh, a must have take Scooby Dooby Doo. Where, where are, are you? you? Got some things to do now. Yeah, okay. Like At number one, I don't think you're gonna get this one, but I want you to look it up because I need your thoughts on it. Uh, the Kim Possible theme song. Yeah, that's that's past me as well. I remember this show being on. I think my niece is called Call it. Me Beat Me. Call Me Beat Me. But let me pull it up real like quick. Him, I need his. I know we haven't got his thoughts on all of them, but I just need his thoughts on the number one song. If he's going to take it or leave it, will his adult mind vibe with Kim Possible? Call me, beep me. We're already over the time, but it's okay. It's overtime for a reason. We're going to overtime past our regularly scheduled clockage. Shotgun is listening to it, kind of digging it. He's bobbing his head, visual bit. Visual bit, okay. He seems to be vibing with it. Seems to be vibing with. It. Seems to be a bop in his mind. Okay, he's grooving. He's grooving. Yeah, I think. Good. I think he's gonna take. It. <laughs> he it's likes it. Okay, he's a jam. He's gonna be humming this the rest of the day, and his roommate's gonna be like, "Why are you <laughs> humming the Kim Possible theme song?" 
and shotguns to be like chris's fault overtime <laughs> shotgun that is it for this podcast i just need a score prediction before we get out of here Ooh. Mm, i haven't even really thought mm. about this chris but yeah maybe a, <laughs> uh, what's the spread is 15 uh, maybe usc covers this week that that spread is gonna be hard oh. to pick for me so yeah. You know, that's a 45 to 31 type of game. USC spread covers it. So I'll give 45, 34. Yeah, I was kind of around uh, 45, 31 kind of deal. That's where I was kind of at. So, yeah. Maybe 48, 35. Five touchdowns for USC, seven for or six and two field goals for Oregon. I could very possibly see that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, like I said, they could come out and they could play, you know, much better defensively. The missed tackles weren't a big issue last week. It was just missed tackles couldn't be a big issue when, as you said, Dylan Johnson ran for yakety yakety yak, um, or didn't have to run for yakety yakety yak because he ran for a, a ton before he was ever touched. Um, I think Pro Football Focus had it like 127 yards after contact for him, and or 129 before and after, basically split. But still, that's even if that's not 199, it's 4.96 yards per carry before being touched. Like, Oof. there were just giant gaping holes in USC's defense. So, you know, can that be cleaned up? That that's going to be hard for me to believe they can do that in four days. All right, shotgun. I will see you in Oregon the next time I see you. Uh, this po- this podcast is over. But let's just, uh, you know, let's hit that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song one more time while we get out of here. Before we do that, Chris, let me real quick give, uh, I wrote down some shout outs to give. Oh, okay, uh, okay. That I've been meaning to do. A couple of these have been for for a while back. Um, Roni from the Bay Area, a big wine enthusiast. Um, he asked, well, this was prior to the Cal game, this at the Utah game. He said, hey, if you're coming up and take you, uh, get you some wine. Uh, I said Ryan probably had to take up on that. I know not a wine drinker, but it was great to talk to him during one of the tailgates. Steven from Fresno. Uh, Wendy says hello to Keeley as well. Daniel from Loyola High School came up and said hello. It was very nice. Jesse as well. And then Chris, we're going to have another meetup on Friday. Oh, yeah. Good point. We got to make sure we point that out. Now we're we're trying to – finalize the location of it a lot so of good, a lot of good options a lot of good options we're trying to pick one so we will tweet that out um each of us will tweet that out once it happens so make sure you're locked in got us on notifications all those things as well as if you're that's if you're not a member of the p we'll have it on the p as well if you're not a member of the p make sure you're signing up we have so much great content i mean i'm so far behind this week because we've had so much content with alice grinch being fired with the game itself with women's basketball upsetting number seven, Ohio State. Shout out to Juju Watkins for going off 32 points. Big time balling in her debut. That's more than Lisa Leslie had in her debut, Chris. I don't know. And that was the last time, 1990, when Lisa Leslie made her debut, that USC knocked off a ranked team in their opener. So it's been 30 uh, years, 33 years since that happened. Juju Watkins comes in and makes it happen. Isaiah Collier. It got content from the men's game. Great win for the USC. It's gonna that one's gonna look even better down the road, I think, because Kansas State's gonna continue to get better as the season goes along. Defense was electric. Kobe Johnson was everywhere, and then he poured in, I think, 16 points. And then you got Josh Morgan swatting four shots. 
I think Kobe had four steals, or maybe Josh Morgan had five blocks. It's, the defense was great. And then you have Isaiah Collier, 15 points in the first half. Didn't do much in the second half, but showed why he's the number one recruit in the nation. And then Boogie Ellis just quietly, quietly putting up 24. Just ho-hum. I'll just, just put in daggers on, on K-State whenever they try to make a run. So basketball content. Uh, Jack and I may have a baseball podcast coming up soon as well because we were both out at uh, their scrimmage against Pepperdine. Let's keep an eye on Chris Brown, transfer from UConn, just absolutely murdered a ball when I was out there on uh, Sunday. So, you know, a lot of things, a lot of great content on the site. So make sure you guys are subscribed so you can, you know, can read all of it, all the VIP stuff, all the columns, all that type stuff. You know, we love interacting with you guys as much as we can on social media and in the meetups and stuff. But if you want all the best content, you got to make sure you're subscribed. And guess what, Chris? We have a sale right now, 50% off. Yeah, so make sure that you you're getting in right now, so you can read the defensive coordinator hot board as well. I mean, that's probably the the number one piece on our site right now because everyone wants to know where could USC turn for their next DC. A little bit good hot, hot board, so yeah, fifty percent off. Sign up now, shotgun. We were ten minutes over our projected time. That's okay. You know, you shoot for the shoot for the moon, aim among the stars. It's you'll land among the stars. Excuse me. So, shotgun, we're gonna get out of here. But like I said. I need some Teenage Mutant Tur- Ninja Turtles as we uh, fade out here. And my favorite part about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is that this theme song and the entire cartoon all came from, they created the toys and they were like, all right, how do we market this? And they were like, we're, we got a cartoon they were in a pitch meeting. One of the, and the, guy, the guy beside him was like, wait, we got a cartoon. We do. Uh, he's like, yeah, we got a cartoon. We got theme song too. And so that's how it all came about. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a Half Show. Turtle, Turtle Power. Power.